Hey friends, I'm sure by now you've had a chance to be encouraged and inspired by the many stories of resilience and healing that we share here on the podcast. But have you ever considered why we share these stories? The truth is when you're navigating a dark valley, it can feel utterly lonely as if there is no one who has ever experienced the emotions you're feeling or have the questions that you're asking. So much of what we do here at Nothing Is Wasted is to encourage you and others that you are not alone here in this valley, that there are those who have walked a similar path before you and who have found hope and healing in the midst of the most profound and painful situations. Listen, if these stories have been a part of your own transformation and healing, we would love to partner with you to bring that same hope to others. Take a listen to the impact Nothing Is Wasted and the resources that we offer has had on the life of Brooke Talley, who is now one of our certified coaches. Listen to this. So the podcasts were incredibly helpful for me to feel seen by other Christians walking through incredibly broken and difficult circumstances with their eyes focused on Jesus. Um, So much strength was drawn from this podcast and still is. Honestly, it's one of the ones that I listen to most faithfully. The Pain to Purpose course transformed my life, and I do not use that word lightly in 2020. I walked through it about three years after my husband went to heaven, and the course unraveled things in me that I would have not been able to name that I was still wrestling with, fear being one of the biggest things I was still really feeling in my body. And there were tools, there were very practical tools in the Pain to Purpose course alongside theology and deep, deep truth about who God is and who He is to us when we are walking through seasons of darkness. Um, The Pain to Purpose course met me right where I was at and gave me tools that would transform my journey. I'm now coaching the Pain to Purpose course with other widows, and that process has transformed me, taken me even deeper. To be able to be a coach to other widows through the Pain to Purpose course has has taken me places I never thought I would go to be able to hear other widows unpack what their questions are and sit in this content alongside them is truly unbelievable. Listen, there are so many more people out there like Brooke or perhaps like you who are looking for hope in the middle of the seemingly impossible. They need to hear that others have walked through pain and have moved forward towards healing and have found purpose in their most painful parts of their stories. We'd love for you to be a part of bringing hope to the many through things like this podcast and the healing to the one, the one like Brooke, who was a young widow in desperate need of hope. We would love to invite you to partner with us by making a $20 a month or more donation through our Give Hope campaign, okay? Now, there's so many um, added benefits that you get to donating $20 a month or more. Not only are you partnering with us to expand the work of Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, but it also gives you access to our entire community plus library of content. And it's tax deductible. You can join us on this campaign the month of July by going to nothingiswasted.com slash give hope. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash give hope. And together we can bring hope to the many and healing to the one. Join us and and let's transform your story of pain into purpose as we partner together. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, 
God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Aubrey Sampson, joined by... <laughs> and I'm Davey Blackburn. It's great to be with you guys. It's great to have Aubrey back with me and me be back with Aubrey. Yeah. And man, it's just so good to be able to have this time again. Aubrey, today we have an unbelievable conversation with an incredible guest, oh, man. Carrie Garcia. She is a powerhouse. If you got lit on fire after listening totally. to Carrie, totally. it's just... I mean, whoo. So, okay. I think I share this in the conversation, in the interview. So I'm sorry if this is a repeat, but here's what's really <laughs> crazy about this. Um, we have some friends, really good friends. Their kids go to school with our kids and, you know, just so incredible friends. They're in like health coaching world and stuff. Okay. And she messaged me and she was like, hey, my mentor said she's doing stuff with you guys for nothing is wasted. And I'm like, she said, her name's Carrie Garcia. And I'm like, I don't, I've done, I've never heard. I don't, like, know. I, don't I don't know. I don't know who that is, right? But you know, lo and behold, in the background, Catherine, our content producer, yeah. are like having these conversations with <laughs> Carrie to bring her on the podcast, do a masterclass, all this kind of stuff, right? And so it's just an, such an interesting connection, right there. Oh, like cool. some of our best friends. Come on. She is her business mentor, coach kind of thing. That's amazing. And so it's just, I it's love really cool. that. Cool to finally get to meet Carrie uh, and she, just hear her heart. Yeah. What I love about Carrie is she's that kind of rare, she's that rare blend of somebody who is like fire preacher, awesome yeah. evangelist, yeah. and super trauma informed. Like Very, been through yes. her own addiction, been through healing, understands the skills and the language. Yep. And so it's not just up here in the spiritual realm, which matters, is important, but like she's done the work. Yep. And I think to find that sort of like new wineskin of both is such yep. a um, gift for us, especially here at Nothing Is Wasted. Yeah. Combination right there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of sometimes, like when you get kind of a, a high energy like her, someone who's very passionate, mm -hmm. you can tend to, you can see that that communicator would slip into these like almost shallow, totally cliche. kind of like cliche. Uh -huh. Right, especially like life coach kind of stuff. Yeah, not Carrie. Uh -uh. Carrie is unbelievable. I mean, not to say that folks who do that are not intelligent, but mm -hmm. Carrie's intelligence comes through. Mm -hmm. Her acumen comes through. Yes. She is very deliberate and very intentional yeah. about the things that and the way she says these things. And because of her trauma informed background, it really is very helpful for us. I after listening to Carrie and a few of our other folks, right? I'm like, man, I want to go through Dan Allender's stuff. Like, so I want to go through Dan Allender's <laughs> stuff and I want to go through Carrie's stuff. Like Carrie's That's got true. some classes. You could go to her website. I'm sure we'll post all of this on the podcast on social yep. media and stuff, but yep. she has a nine week course. Like, but yes, Dan Allender, who, by the way, side note, endorsed my children's book. Oh, so I felt Aubrey's very excited children's, about that. Aubrey, what, tell me about this children's book <laughs> well, right I, here. Come I didn't on. actually mean to do that, but I will. Yeah, but, but it's a great thing <laughs> because I saw, on, I saw on your social media the other day, you got to go pick up a copy. I got to go pick up the first copy. And it looks yeah. beautiful. I know. It's so beautifully done. It's a book called Big Feelings Days. It's, it's literally called Big Feelings Days, a book about hard things, heavy emotions, and Jesus's love. It's a board book for kids age three to seven. Mm. 
And you know, it's, it's what, it's nothing is wasted. It's our, it's for us and our kids and the kids we caretake who have been through trauma, tragedy, major life transition, or just have big feelings and don't know what to do with them. And a little secret, a lot of the adults that are reading it say it's for them too. So, but uh, that's, that's a fun connection with Carrie Garcia because Dan Allender, her mentor endorsed the book and he's such a, he's such a, um, well-respected therapist oh, that to iconic. have his to have his endorsement yes. on the book is really what really meaningful for me. What an honor! Yeah. Yeah. What I love about this, you know, I find myself do this when I'm reading books to my kids, right? Especially like Cohen. There's like a Noah's Ark book that I'm reading to him <laughs> right now, and and I almost was brought to tears. Christy said she had the same experience when she's re- reading this Noah's Ark book because it was like Noah interacting with God, going like, "I don't know how to build an ark. I don't know." And oh. God tells Noah, "It's okay. Just do your best, and I'll take care of the rest." And and I'm like, that's right. <laughs> that's prophetic for God, me. Just, just do your, do my best and God will take care of the rest. You know, and so, but what you find is, and this is what I love about what you've done with your book is that you find these like really profound principles, these timeless yes. principles, right? That are so simple, but profound mm-hmm. that even a child, right? And this is a childlike faith. Yeah. Childlike faith is what Jesus calls us that's to. Right. That's right. And so right. we have to sometimes go back to it. Like we can get so... I know. Burdened by all of the things and the minutia of all of this stuff. It's like, I just come know. back to these simple, yep. these simple principles that Jesus yep. calls us to. Yeah. And so I love what you've done with that. And Carrie does the same thing. Yeah, she, she just does. really brings some of those tough cookies to the bottom shelf for us, helps yep. us to, that makes them easily accessible and then invites us into this incredible journey. By the way, she did a masterclass for us. If you <gasps> have, right. if you are not a part of this masterclass live, you've got to go back and watch it. How to live free and fully alive in your story when you have faced so much heartache. And you can access that masterclass by being a Community Plus member. By the way, you can get a seven-day free trial for that for a Community Plus member. And we're in the middle of this Give Hope campaign where we're inviting, we're looking for 200 people who would say, hey, I'll commit to giving at at least a $20 a month level to Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. And by doing so, you also get access to all the Community Plus content. So you can go and watch that masterclass along with all of our other masterclasses, bonus episodes, mini courses, everything right there. Nothingiswaste.com slash give hope. Nothingiswaste.com slash give hope. It'll be in the show notes here. It'll be right there underneath the YouTube, uh, uh, on that YouTube link. And so um, anyways, all that is to say, Carrie is amazing. Um, Why don't you lean in and listen to this conversation I have with Carrie Garcia. Well, Carrie Garcia, it's great to have you on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thanks for joining me. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to be here. It's a long time coming. (laughs) It is a long time coming. (laughs) I've heard so much about you through both our marketing director, who also works with you at Women's Speakers Mm -hmm. Collective, but Mm -hmm. also through mutual friends. Uh, We've got some friends. Their kids go to our kids' school, and we're really close with them, and just crazy happens. Our, view, our our viewers and our listeners have to hear this. I'm we're in a I'm in a meeting with our friends, and the the wife is like, "I think you guys are about to do something with my mentor," and I'm like, "I don't know, I don't know about that." And of course, I'm way downstream when it comes to getting informed about this stuff. My team's just taking it and going. That day, they're like, "Hey, so Carrie Garcia is going to be on the podcast and going to be doing the master class," and I'm like, "That's that's wild." So God's I in know. this. I can tell. I know. I know. I'm excited. And when they were telling me about all this stuff that you're doing, I'm like, how do I not know this ministry yet? I know. Like, I know everybody that's doing like the deep soul work. It feels like anyway. And so when I looked up your stuff, I'm like, 
oh man, this, this will be an easy, this will be an easier. Your people are already so primed yep. and ready for this work. So it's yep. so good. Yep. Well, that's why I'm excited about them hearing from you because you've been doing this for a while. Uh, not only is it birthed out of stuff that you've gone through, as most of our pain to purpose journeys, as we call it, are, mm-hmm. you also are very, you're very well versed in helping other people through this. And you do a lot mm-hmm. of the same stuff that kind of aligns with what we do. And so let's start with this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Tell us about yourself. Tell us about mm-hmm. what you do. And, uh, and then we'll dive into kind of how you got into this. Right. Well, what a loaded question, right? Like, what do I do? Who am I? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I I am what we would call a trauma-informed story coach. Um, I am certified and worked under Dan Allender, Kathy Lorzell, Adam Young, and I know Adam was on mm-hmm. your podcast. Um, so those have been like my professors. Um, and that was years ago, which is really fun. And really what we do at Freedom Movement, which is the nonprofit that I run, is we really just try to help people heal in their stories so that they can go out into the world and bring life and goodness to the land Mm. of the living. And we do that through being trauma-informed, biblically sound, and spirit-filled. We think those three pillars Mm. are really essential to healing. Um, And so we just really help people get practical tools on, on how to do that. Because I always felt like I knew that God had an abundant life for me. I knew it like cognitively in my head, but I really was like, well, how? Like, Mm. how do I begin to live a life that's like free? What does that even mean? Fully alive. What does that really mean? And how do I actually do it? And so really um, are really committed to the how Mm. um, for people to walk in freedom and then, and then express that freedom and offer those safe spaces for other people. Wow. Wow. Even when, okay. So you say those three pillars, right. And, and I kind of mm-hmm. see them as almost like the, the Olympic circles that kind of converge in the middle. Right. And that's the target yeah. that you're at. I know that you're not just saying that off the cuff. I know that's very intentional, biblically sound, mm-hmm. trauma informed and spirit, you mm-hmm. said spirit led or spirit filled. Spirit filled. Spirit filled. Mm-hmm. So those three, mm-hmm. why, will you do me a favor for a second? Why those three and, and mm-hmm. how important is it for, to, to find the convergence of those three for you mm-hmm. guys? Well, it's based on the whole idea of helping and contending for your body, your mind, and your spirit. Mm. So when we look at the Bible, we are not, you know, God said, love the Lord with all your heart. Well, love the Lord, your God. He could have been like, period, right? Just love the Lord, your God. But he was very specific about the three areas in which we are to contend and love and heal, which is our body, our heart, and our mind, Mm. and which is our heart and spirit. And so when we look at that, we go, man, we see a world that emphasizes often on one or two, but we actually can't live in the fullness of who God has called us to be and really in our own transformative behavior, like transformative life without actually contending and tending to mm-hmm. those three areas. So those pillars are based on trauma-informed is really understanding the body. How does the body hold trauma? How does the body hold pain? What is trauma? Let's just help define that, you know, all of yeah. those things. It's understanding that um, biblically sound is really understanding in your mind. What does the Bible say? What, uh, what can I look to as truth and reality to be grounded in? And then really that spirit-filled component is really honoring and offering to the 
spirit? What is the spirit of God doing mm-hmm. in your life? How is he contending and healing and um, for you? And so those pillars are, yeah, you're right. They're, they are very intentional. And I actually don't believe, and I stand really strongly on this. I do not believe that the church today or people will heal today without an understanding of the spirit of the Bible and understanding of being trauma informed and understanding how so trauma good. affects the body. So I'm like, we, you can build a church if you yep. don't build the church based on healing the body, mind and spirit you will be a wheel that is off filter. That's so good. So good. Now you guys see, if you're watching this, you're listening to this. Now you guys see why we <laughs> feel this kindred spirit with Carrie Garcia, because it is right. one of our, one of our holy discontents is, you know, I've been a pastor for a long time and I grew up in the church and for so long it has been, and I, you know, I did, uh, biblical counseling certification. And so, you know, there, there was that, that main pillar of like, God's word and God's word is so important, but it wasn't until I walked through a horrific tragedy and, and, and experienced trauma in my own life and then saw God show up in that trauma and, and then experienced the filling of the Holy spirit through that, that I realized that those three things are extremely important. They are necessary when it comes to helping people through healing. And, and as the church, we're not going to be able to, uh, establish or reestablish again, the authority that God wants the church to have, right? He has made known Mm -hmm. his manifest wisdom has been made known through the church. And and the way that we're going to help the world to know God is by meeting them in their trauma, by being trauma informed and doing it with God's word and doing it with the indwelling of the Holy spirit. So I love the convergence of those three things. Now you got into this work, uh, usually we don't get into this kind of work by choice. It's not like we in kindergarten, we're like, Oh, I want to be a trauma informed <laughs> therapist and, you know, coach like we're, it's usually because of something we've gone through and it's our, mm-hmm. our own healing now that we want to invite other people into because it opens our eyes into seeing how other people are hurting. Talk to me mm-hmm. about that for yourself. I mean, how did you get into all of this? Yeah. I mean, I think, out of the particularities of your pain comes the particularities of your calling. And so I really feel like I'm stepping into my calling different than my gifting. My gifting was given to me at birth. Those things Mm. are by God, but calling was really like forged out of the the fire of pain. And, um, you know, for the longest time, I, I don't even, you know, my, my story is very crazy. And so I'm always reluctant because we are such a comparative human. We are so like, well, her story is really big and I don't have that story. So I don't have trauma. Look, trauma is anytime you've experienced powerlessness or fragmentation. That Mm. is layman's terms, but that's the truth. So when you were on the playground and you were standing on the playground and you were being mocked by some girls or some boys, that is a moment of trauma. And if that trauma was not offered care, then it will become embedded trauma, always. Always, always. Because trauma needs comfort and care to heal. So I say all of that with the preface of, I don't think I realized I minimized my story, even though my story is very Mm. big. Grew up in a Christian home. Dad is a pastor. I'm a third generation pastor. Um, Mom played on the worship team. She played the egg shaker. So we were like radical Baptists. (laughs) You know, she was up there jamming. Um, but nobody ever talked about what was going on inside our home. We didn't talk about my mom's pervasive eating disorder. We didn't talk about my mom's mental illness. We didn't talk about the fact that my dad didn't want to handle what was happening in our home. So we were kind of left to the altar and sacrificial of ministry. Like we were sacrificed for ministry. Mm. And that left a little girl who is a truth teller by nature 
very confused about, wait, this is what's going on in our home, but we look really great on Sunday. And if you are a truth teller like me, my operating survival skill, which is my like adaptive behavior, we would call it, would be like, I'm going to tell the truth. And what, what wanted to be a little girl that kind of lit a room up like with the mm. light now had begun to be a girl that wanted to light the world on fire. I wanted mm. to burn it down. And I just like this, this angst between performance and truth and reality got so much that I just didn't know what to do with it. And I just numbed. So for 10 years of my life, I was addicted to meth, um, mm. rode that, rode that train until I was like, I'm either going to die or get better. And here's where it gets really confusing for a lot of people because I got off drugs, right? The behavior ended. The problem was I jumped right into ministry because I, that's what I saw mm. as this will save me. Ministry will save right. me. And really I went from addiction to drugs to addiction to performance and applause in ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And that became my addiction. And I wanted that to feed this sense of maybe I can find worth. And so, you know, and the church, big capital C, broken places in the church are all too happy to scoop oh, yeah. up on a really elaborate testimony oh, yeah. and use that to siphon off um, these really big moments so that people can have an altar experience yeah. all the while I am still being sacrificed for ministry mm. um, by my own choosing and by the lure of the enemy, to be honest with you. I really didn't understand why I did drugs in the first place. I just got off drugs and I didn't really understand why I was feeling so broken in ministry. I just was doing the behaviors. So when I was previously married and I did things in my marriage, I never thought I would do. I ended up being divorced. All of these things began to happen. And I found myself suicidal, 27 years old, wondering I've done all the, I did all the right things and I did all the wrong things. And now I'm disqualified because of all these bad behaviors I did and found myself at a little, a real crisis of belief. You know, if God says these things, then why do I feel this way? And in a moment in my car where I almost took my life, it was, you know, I wish I could say it was like a burning bush, but it felt like a burning bush moment to me. Uh, was a real crux of all of this that you have seen, Carrie. I'm not in it. Mm. I'm not in this thing here. I'm not in the, the 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 performance. I'm not in the stage. Where I am is right here in the honest place of your story. And if you want to get brutally honest with me and turn this car around, I promise your life will look different. And I had mm. like half of a mustard seed of faith. <laughs> half turned the car around and began a two-year journey of, of looking at the why behind the behavior. Wow. Um, not looking at behavior modification to save me anymore, but really wanting heart transformation. And what did that look like? And transformation is surgery. It's, yeah. it's heart transplant, right? It's like, it's deep work. And that's where I began that at 27 years old and have never looked back and have had, and it was brutal. But wow. that's kind of what drove me to where I am today because wow. I'm almost 50. So you're asking a question about a woman who's 50 years old and that's, you know, it's a lot of story, you know, <laughs> it's a lot. There's a lot of story in that. Yeah. 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 Well, here's what I noted. And this is what I want to highlight for those who are watching and listening. Um, you were able to share your story in an arc right there very succinctly, very well. And I'm, you know, 
I mean, I do this all the time, interviewing people about their stories. I'm listening to their stories. Some people share it really well. Some people don't. Some people you have to draw out of. Some people, they just, man, they flow. That That's a really important component and, and kind of the basis behind the, a lot of the stuff that you do as well is this idea of story work. Right. How important has that been? And maybe this sounds like a really, <laughs> a, this might sound like a dumb question, right? But how no, important has yeah. that been for you mm-hmm. in understanding, be aware of and discovering your own story mm-hmm. and being able to put together that narrative when it comes to healing in your, in your own trauma and the deep work that you're doing and then, and then espousing it for other people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a dumb question. Cause I don't think people really understand story. I don't, I think they're, you know, we wear t-shirts like your story matters and um, yeah, I'm healing in my story. I don't think people have a great concept of what that means mm. um, and why it's so important. I mean, I'll use the illustration. It's a basic one, but you know, you keep cutting off the top of a weed. It just keeps growing back. Right. We don't understand the origin mm. of where we come from. I kind of say it like this. There was a God who formed you and he formed you with purpose and beauty and delight and pleasure. And then there was a world that shaped you. Yeah. And the shaping mm. of you has pulled you further away from your original design. Yeah. So to live free and fully alive is not the absence of pain. It's not ignoring your story and just following Jesus from where you are today. It's actually going back into the places of your story for the purposes of sanctification. Mm. Sanctification is a process of going back into our story and reclaiming where the enemy has partnered with people in your life to speak lies, to speak heartache, to speak harm over you. It's a partnership with the enemy. And unfortunately, the people that are supposed to love you who were wounded and their wounds that aren't healed fall on you. We know this Mm. psychologically, we know this spiritually to go back and go, okay, wait a minute. I'm not who I am today because I woke up one day and was just, I don't people please because I just want people to like me. There's a reason. It's a maladaptive behavior that came from adaptive behaviors when you were young to stay in belonging, but you didn't have an adult mind to understand what you were doing. You just wanted to stay safe. So you did that Mm. and it worked. And now you're still doing it, but it's no longer to help you stay in belonging. It's become maladaptive and it's stealing from your original design. So I believe that God is wanting us to go back so that, so that, and begin to heal and come back to who we were created yeah. to be. And you cannot do that taking your life where it is today and just moving forward. It's not the totality of your story. Mm, that's so good. See, what I love as you're explaining this, um, there's, there, there is now a, what seems like a novel conversation that's happening about around mm-hmm. story work, you know, your trauma narrative, the different, you know, different people brand it or term it a certain way, mm-hmm. but it's really not, that novel. And I don't mean to say that to diminish what we're doing, nope. the work that we do. This literally right. is understanding the story arc of history of God's interaction with humanity of what mm-hmm. happened with the beginning of time in Genesis, quite literally mm-hmm. the origins of creation, right. how right. God created things, how sin fractured those things and how now Jesus wants to bring those stories back together. And he modeled that on the cross and the, with the empty tomb. And so mm-hmm. that's why I'm, and I'm bringing this all back full circle, Carrie. That's why it's so totally. important what you said earlier with the biblically sound 
and mm-hmm. trauma informed. Now we're converging these things together mm-hmm. and we're seeing yeah. how important it is to, to marry them. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 100%. And the truth is, is that Jesus is a storied God. The Bible right. is not a, it's not a, it's not a science book. That's right. It, it's a, not a facts and figures. It's not a formulaic book. Yeah. It's a, it's a story. And these stories are arced towards showing and revealing harm in yeah. every story. There yeah. is no story that got away from harm where the enemy partnered with generational, you know, yep. sin, or even partnered within the own home uh, eco- uh, system, the home system and mm-hmm. ecosystem within that home to create harm. And there is only one way right. to begin to heal. It is through the power of Jesus. But if, if the truth sets us free, then we actually have to look at the truth, mm. which brings up questions of like, disloyalty and false honor and you know what does it mean to honor our mother and father and well i don't want to dishonor them and the truth is you are so steeped and buried and committed to the lie Mm. of your of your family that you're in false honor honor is not lying Mm. it's telling the truth and allowing them to have the opportunity for their own repentance so that you can continue walk in more freedom so it's really going back and going where is the enemy partnered with people in my and my shaping so that i can pull back the veil where the enemy has gone unnamed and unchallenged for for maybe centuries in your story and in your body and in your life and now it is up to you to go you know what I don't want to live bearing mm. the sins of my father. I don't want to live bearing that. I will not live in secrecy because if the truth sets me free, mm. then I have to name the truth. Wow. Hey friend, I just want to take a quick moment to let you know about something we offer here at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Now listen, Nothing Is Wasted is not just this podcast that you've been enjoying, full of stories of hope and healing in the midst of difficult and painful valleys. We're also a ministry with unending resources that can help you move forward on your healing journey from whatever pain you've experienced in life. We've got pain to purpose course, masterclasses, curated pathways around specific pain points, an online community, and so much more. But if you're just getting started on the path of healing and you're interested in learning more about how you can even begin to untangle your pain, I want to invite you to our free live five steps to taking back your story zoom call and i'll just be sharing some practical steps that you can take right here right now to move from the hurt and trauma you've walked through and into deeper healing you and i will be able to engage with each other you'll be able to ask questions and learn what it looks like to start taking back your story now it's completely free but it may just be the step that god uses to begin in you a journey of deeper hope and healing no matter what you faced all you got to do is sign up at nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash start here. And join me as a first step to taking back your story, no matter what you've gone through. Now, listen, there is very real pain and loss that is threatening to keep you discouraged and despairing, but it doesn't have to be that way. Let me give you some practical hope that I've learned in my own pain and suffering after losing my wife, Amanda, in 2015. I found that the only way out of despair is going right through it, and life is too short to stay in your pain. We don't want to waste this. So I want to invite you to join me for our next free live Zoom call by signing up at nothingiswasted.com slash start here and let the healing journey begin in your life. 
nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Do people have this uh, feeling when they talk to you often? Like, I, I don't know if it's the coffee that I'm drinking right now, but my like heart's racing. I feel like I'm about to go brave heart on some <laughs> battlefield as you're explaining this because this is, and I think this is so important because so often trauma leaves us feeling like, like you said earlier, it leaves us feeling like we are completely out of control. We have zero agency. Mm-hmm. But here you are saying, no, we can recognize in the midst of our trauma where the enemy has partnered with other people in our lives or has partnered with the circumstances that, t- that has taken place in our lives, or even in some cases has caused some of those circumstances to happen in our lives. And, mm-hmm. and we have some kind of God-given agency or authority to call those out and to combat those things. This is bringing that battle back into the spiritual and understanding yeah. the spiritual nature of it, Carrie. That's what I love what you're talking about here. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, you said that really this became a discovery for you at around 27 years old. You know, two, more than two decades later, now you're you're in this place where I would imagine you wouldn't say, "Oh yeah, I'm healed, I've arrived." Mm, yeah, we're no. all in those places where we're discovering more and more places of healing needs needs to happen. Mm-hmm. But what is that healing journey? Describe some of those like milestones for you. Maybe pick mm-hmm. out some big anchors that said, "Okay, this was important for me to recognize here in this part of my mm-hmm. healing journey." Oh, and this was another stage that was hugely important. Can you, mm-hmm. can you describe some of that for us? Yeah, I, I, I think it's important if you're sitting and listening to this. I, I could tell you about my personal experience, but let's, let's broaden the lens a little bit more just so that this feels applicable to everyone. That's good, yeah. Um, he, here's the truth. Look for places in your life where there is either contempt or hatred towards yourself mm. or contempt or hatred towards others. This is the outcome. These two areas are the outcome of untended to trauma. Let me explain. Mm. Cynicism towards others is a place where shame has so robbed you of joy that you have now turned them in like, the world is against me. I can't trust church. Mm. I can't trust people. That love is dead, whatever. This is the outcome of untended to trauma, shame that has really worked its way. And now you're stuck with cynicism and bitterness. The other side of that is then contempt or hatred towards yourself. This is the outcome of shame. Now, what we do in church, and these are what I mean by mile markers, it was getting honest in that place. Okay, I'm actually, I really don't like me. Mm. I'm really honest. I really don't like me. And if I'm also being honest, I don't trust you. Mm. out to harm me and to hurt me. Now, this keeps me bound and stuck, right, in this place of bitterness. It was there and where church often will go is into this place. They talk a lot about shame. Mm -hmm. So we look at shame and we want to go, okay, I don't want to hold shame. But what they don't understand is shame is the outcome of untended to trauma. Mm. And we have to almost work backwards. We have to look at the places where we are feeling contempt, hatred towards ourselves or others. We then move into the place of shame, how I got like where I feel that I feel mm. um, like I was rejected from my church. So I feel shame. Now I hate the church. You see how that, yep. but what yep. we need to even go further into is the shame is the outcome of a place that is the core, it's kind of the top, the core place of wounding. Mm. When we can get to that place and understand what is driving the shame, 
we don't stop at shame. Jesus didn't either. Mm. Jesus went to the woman at the well. He sat with her. He began to invite her into really where she was, lonely, betrayed, rejected by her community. Yeah. Then he identified her shame by saying, go get your husband. Mm. Husband. Okay, now she's like busted, right? Mm. Like, oh man, I am, uh, my husband is, I don't have a husband. And, he, and, and she half lies. She half tells the truth. Well, I don't have a husband. He's, and then he gets savage, right? We think, oh my gosh, Jesus, you should have just said like, you love her, you're the Messiah, but he doesn't do that because he knows how the brain works. He knows how the body works. He knows mm. how restoration works. And he looks at her and he says, go get your, you know, I know you don't have a husband. In fact, you've had five husbands and the man you're with right now isn't a husband. And boom, this is like, feels like it's the most shame story, but it's not yeah. because what he's been doing is he's helping her name the truth of where she's at, engaging the shame and or naming the shame and now engaging the trauma. The trauma mm. is this woman has been abused, neglected, betrayed by men after men after men. Right. And now as a man, he's giving her what her heart always wanted because trauma in order for it to move through the body and not be embedded, it needs care and yeah. comfort. So he yeah. offers this to her. And we know that there's a transformation because her behavior of getting water is left. And now the action shows, I will go back to the very people that have wronged me and betrayed me and hurt mm. me because I no longer need their validation. The trauma has moved through my body and it has been replaced with what I needed in the first place. And these wow. are marked moments. And I can tell you my personal things, but those are the marked moments in my life getting honest about where I brutally honest about where yeah. I really am naming the shame I'm feeling and then engaging the trauma that needed care and allowing the Holy spirit to tend to that place. And this wow. is how I move into more freedom and then living, you know, fully alive in my story. Wow. Wow. So good. Well, you just kind of highlighted or illustrated it for us, but I'm curious how, you know, we can understand, you know, let's go back to those three components, those three pillars, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We can understand certain things about being trauma informed, right? And we can speak that language, but how important is it that we see that stuff in scripture, that we have enough of an understanding or an awareness of scripture that we can begin to see trauma in scripture? Because that's what you mm -hmm. just did, right? Like a lot mm -hmm. of people are going to read the story of the Samaritan woman and they're not going to see trauma. And so mm -hmm. they're going to approach it probably with a little bit of like, I don't understand why Jesus did that. Maybe like, uh, you know, ignorance at best, but also maybe even some judgmentalism or some like, you know, mm -hmm. there's it, where we're not understanding how, why did Jesus tend to this woman in this moment when she was, as some circles would say, so clearly wrapped up in sin, right? But it's important. Mm -hmm. You're, you're understanding trauma and now you're overlaying that or you're kind of undergirding scripture from it. Right. So mm -hmm. how important is understanding scripture to this whole equation? I mean, I think they go hand in hand. I, I think if you don't understand how your body is wired and made, Jesus knew how he made the human body. He mm. knew how, you know, and I, I won't get into all the neural, you know, the neurology of right, beyond this, right. but it's fascinating, but really uh, when our brains experience trauma, it causes our reasoning areas and our mm. prefrontal cortex to go offline. And in order for us, our brains to be integrated, which is fully alive, awakened right. to the life fully as it is, not living gray or asleep to it, we have to have our full brain come online. 
So Jesus knows this. Mm. If you look at all the stories, the moment that sin entered into the garden, our bodies, our brains were intended and made for the garden. Mm -hmm. And then it was fractured by trauma. Trauma, again, definition, layman's terms, but anytime we've experienced powerlessness, Mm -hmm. look throughout scripture. What happens when Peter denies Jesus? He goes back to his old way of life. He feels powerless. The trauma has occurred, incurred by his own doing. And now there's shame. And now he moves towards what? Hatred towards himself. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm done. I'm just going to go back to who I was. There is no way. I'm done. I'm done for well, what does Jesus do? He does not humiliate him. Mm. He pulls him back. He feeds him. He yeah. begins to help to help him address and name. Yes, I love you. There is a knowing, and he didn't humiliate him. There's a knowing I've done. We know what I've done. Yeah. So he's engaging the shame around the fire. And then he's restoring him by saying, as you denied me in that trauma mm. moment, I'm actually now asking you, to go and love on my people, mm-hmm. no longer to deny me to moment. So when you ask me the question, how important, if you're not looking through scripture with two things, one, that everything has trauma to it and the way that Jesus engages is through that formula I just gave you. Right. That's one, every, there's trauma everywhere. And two, it is the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. And God, if we hear scripture through any other tone, but kindness, we are not hearing the voice of God. We're hearing the voice of our parent, our teacher, mm. our coach, our mom, whatever, uh, our abuser. We are looking through the grid of our trauma and seeing God and Jesus through that grid rather than through what he says. God tells Moses, first and foremost, I am compassionate. Mm. Jesus says uh, in Romans, it is the kindness of the Lord that leads you to repentance. And so we are having to change the way we read scripture because we have to read it through the grid of who God says he is, not through what our experiences here on earth are and put that on God, which means we have to dive into our story. So good. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm going to ask this, then I'm not going to belabor, belabor it anymore. Okay. Where then does the spirit filled aspect come in? Because if it seems like, okay, we've got the biblically Mm -hmm. sound, it seems like it's engaging the mind. Mm-hmm. Trauma informed, just engaging the body. There's like a heart emotion side to this. Mm-hmm. How does that end up? Where's the spirit fit into all of this? Mm-hmm. Well, we look at, let's look at Job 28. Job 28 is amazing story of Job. He's sitting with all these buddies. They're trying to give him wisdom and understanding. They're knuckleheads. And <laughs> right before Job goes into this position of humble response to God after he's been wrestling out, there's this one passage in the middle of Job that's just kind of like, plopped in there, it's like poetry. And it's the crux between what he has been in and what he's about to go into. And it says there, uh, paraphrase in Job 28, I'm going to build like I'm like a um, spelunker. I'm going to go down into the depths of the earth and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for treasure and I'm going to find the treasure. And here's what I believe. The treasure is your story. You're mm. finding the places of your, you're wrestling out your story. But then it says, but where can wisdom and understanding be found? I ask the sea and it says it's not here. I ask the mountains and it cannot contain it. For wisdom and understanding can only be found in the mystery and wonder of God. Hmm. And therefore we can do all the work. We can know the scriptures. We can seek insight and understanding around the trauma informed parts of our story. It's essential 
But without that third spoke, we will be a collapsed wheel. And that third spoke is, and Lord, now do the supernatural work of transformation. I can only create the cocoon. I can only do the work necessary to create the cocoon. But ultimately, you have to do the metamorphosis of my heart, the mm-hmm. transformation. I can, I can spelunk. I can, I can create all the man-made tools I need to do to get to the treasure. But ultimately, it is by your power and your power alone that you will do the transformative work. So without the spirit filling uh, and the spirit you know, healing, we will be left to only be spiritual and have awareness which will move us to behavior modification and keep us on a false cycle of freedom, even though we've done all this work because we need heart transformation and only Jesus can do that. Man, that's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. So earlier you said something about, I loved, and you emphasized it. I don't know if you caught that you emphasized it, but I caught it. You said, you said basically something to the effect of we're going to heal. We want to, you know, heal so that, as Mm -hmm. we said, right. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure that was intentional. Mm-hmm. But there always is. There is a so that. There's like something mm-hmm. that is we that you know we, something about this God given, God ordained purpose and the origins of how we were created has been fragmented. It's it's now been mm-hmm. destroyed in some ways, and and so the healing happens so that we can be essentially redeemed. Right? We can now be mm-hmm. moved into this like redeemed, glorious purpose that he has out of our right. pain. This is the right. story arc of the Bible. This is each one of our stories. So now you have this kind of major so that, right? That you you have an entire organization mm-hmm. where you're helping people. What are the, mm-hmm. you know, just practically speaking, what is this, What what is your organization? What do you guys do to help people? Mm-hmm. And then I'll ask this as kind of the follow-up within that. How important has that been for you and continued healing personally? Yeah. Well, I run an organization called Freedom Movement. um, And it's really, we help people bring freedom to their stories by being biblically sound, spirit-filled, and (laughs) trauma-informed so that they can go into the world and sit with people, everyday people, and create a safe space for people to heal. I think what I see most often is Christians are not aware of how their story um, intersects with how they sit with other people. So they find themselves trying to be the fixers, the rescuers, right. the saviors of people's story. And they don't understand that most people don't need you to fix them. In fact, you can't. Right. Right. They need you to be able to hold, to connect before you correct, to sit and hold a good space and ask powerful questions so the Holy Spirit can illuminate what's already in their lives. Yeah. And we train people to do this. So we mm. are like 50% personal development because you can't take people farther than you're willing to go yourself. Uh, And then the other part where 50% leadership development, which most people are like, well, I'm not a leader. And here's the truth. If you love people, you lead people, period. (laughs) So of course you're leading, of course you're leading people. And we want to give you the skill set to be able to, because it is a skill to be able to sit with people, ask powerful questions. And we do that through four install. We have a certificate program. You can become a certified freedom coach through us. Um, But we also just have things like Freedom Academy, which is a three-day event where you come and you dive in. And I also Mm. just wrote a book so that you can look into that too. Because I was like, I know not everybody can make it to these trainings. So I just wrote a book on that. But how has that been important in my healing? It's been astronomically important. Mm. Like, 
I, I can, I'm healing right now. Mm -hmm. Talk about this. I'm like, Oh yeah. Wow. That's good. Yeah. I remember that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I heal continually. I, I am, my sanctification won't be done until the moment that I stand before Jesus and I'm justified. Right. right? I was glory. I I mean, I was just not justified, but I was justified when I asked Jesus in my heart, I'm sanctified. And in the process of being saved, the scripture says, which is ongoing, I'm not saved, I'm being saved. Mm -hmm. And then I'll stand before God and I'll be glorified. My glorification Mm -hmm. will come, right? And so this, all of this work is continued healing and keeping me humble. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and honestly, it's like, it humbles me to sit in people's stories and see God work and know that this is far far, far Mm. beyond what curriculum I could write. I could write guardrails for people. I can give formulas, which I do think God is formulaic. But ultimately, I just want to create a space where people can heal and I get a really good front row seat to that. Mm. And when I hold space for others healing, for other people to heal, it inevitably Mm. will bring more healing to me because God works as we co-regulate together, we co-heal together. That is the purpose of the body of Christ. And that's why we can't do this alone. So it's been essential. Hi friends, it's Aubrey Sampson here. If you value and cling to the stories of people walking through difficulties and seeing God in the midst of it, I want to share a way that you can be a part of continuing to bring these stories and other resources to those who are navigating trauma, tragedy, or a major life transition. This summer, we are inviting our listeners to partner with Nothing Is Wasted as a ministry and help bring hope to those who are hurting. By donating any tax-deductible amount, you will be a part of not only sharing more stories like the ones you've heard so far on the podcast, but you'll also get the opportunity to get resources like our Pain to Purpose curriculum, master classes, mini courses, and so much more into the hands of people who are in deep pain. In the next month, we are seeking 200 people who have been impacted by Nothing Is Wasted Ministries to commit to giving $20 per month as a tax-deductible donation. You can donate to our Give Hope campaign and know that your donation will be a part of giving hope to the many and healing to the one by creating purposeful resources that can help others heal. Donate now at nothingiswasted.com slash give hope and be a part of the incredible work here at Nothing Is Wasted in helping people find hope and healing from their pain. Now you you brought up something really important where you're you're training people through certification processes through you know other you know other content different things that you're uh, distributing but you're training people on how to create a safe space for other people right yeah so mm-hmm. first and foremost they have to be able to heal through their own stories and be healing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then they're doing the work where they're going out to the marketplace and so they're workplace into their communities, into their mm-hmm. neighborhoods, into their friend groups and whatever. And they're just mm-hmm. they're existing as a safe space, whether it's a, a, a formal coaching relationship or whether it's just, you know, interactions mm-hmm. and friendships. You're just learning how to be that. I have a, mm-hmm. a, a very um, personal experience with someone from the, uh, that was trained under Dan Allender and the same kind of stuff that mm-hmm. you guys use where mm-hmm. Christy and I went to a three week 
uh, intensive counseling where the crux of it was some kind of support groups and our support mm-hmm. group leader, she was trained under Dan Allender. So I know mm-hmm. firsthand how important yeah. this is, the the, the work yeah. that you guys are doing and have been tra- and how you've been trained and stuff, just how liberating and healing it was for me. It's the first time mm. as a pastor, especially mm. that I felt like I had a safe space to be vulnerable with a group of people. How wild. And this woman was masterful at doing that. So I'm mm-hmm. curious for the sake of our listeners and viewers right now, what what are some key things? Now, obviously they've got to come and there's probably so much they've got to come and, you know, to one of these trainings or, you know, tune in more mm-hmm. with you, but what are some key things that we can, we can learn right now about mm-hmm. how to be a safe space for someone so that they can begin to mm-hmm. explore their own stories? How do we care for someone in these really deep, dark places that they found themselves. We don't want to be Joe's right. friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> we don't want right, to be Joe's right. friends. Um, Joe's friends need story work. Uh, yes, I, they do. You're not going to, you're not going to like this answer okay. <laughs> uh, because the truth is, is that you actually won't be a safe space if you've never experienced a safe space. Mm. So, you know, you just won't, you will, you will operate in some kind of maladaptive behavior to create some false sense of safety for people. Oh. And that's whether you're going to fix them or not. And so it's, so I know it's not the answer everybody likes because everybody wants yeah. to jump to like the resurrection part of right. the story. Right. <laughs> they want to go out and give life to others. They want to sow that, but they want to sow mm. that without understanding that if you want to help your kids um, heal and cure their hearts, if you want your marriage to get better, if you want to be able to be a safe space for wherever God puts you without having to be weird about it, uh, if you want to be that person, you have to go inward first. Wow. And, I, and, and I say this because the enemy came, he, he did three things. And this is really important to understand that. He did three things. He, he went to Eve, he pulled her away in isolation. Isolation was the first place. He created doubt in her heart, which was, does God really love me? Does he, is he holding out on me? Is he really good? And then out of that created a sense of chaos. I don't now know who I am. Now mm. I've lost my identity. Wow. We have to take uh, we have to take off. We have to start where the enemy left off. Yeah. And that is to move into those places of where is my story chaotic? Where have I not found myself? Then we go backwards. We invite then God into that. First we got to start with us. It's how it works. Mm. Knock and the door opens, seek and you find it's it's we have to be aware, just like the That's prodigal. Right. I'm sitting in pigs, I don't want to sit here anymore. So I got to get honest where I'm at. Then I invite God in just like where we, where the enemy, you know, left off with identity. We move into that. Where am I really inviting God into that? And then where we were separated in connection with others, just where he started, that is where the Lord then sends us. There's a rhythm. There's a formula. There is a way in which the human heart heals and the Bible invites us in. It's where the enemy destroys. God is restoring. Wow. So, so I say, if you want to be a safe place for people, get honest with why you're not. Mm. And it's not for shame. It's for curiosity and invitation that you're not a safe place or you don't want to hear that hard story because wow. there's something about you that needs to protect, that needs to keep clamored up, that needs that you were required in your home to be the rescuer. So you don't know anything else. Let us invite you into freedom for where God wants to invite you. And the outpouring of that will be, it will be actually easy to find your calling and to create that safe space because you will want to give that which has been given to you. Mm. It will be Mm. natural. You won't have to work for it. Wow. 
That's so good. That's so good. I, I, I see that, you know, we, we talk about in our pain to purpose course. We talk about the, the moment, um, in Isaiah six where, you know, it says that, um, in the year King Uzziah died, right? There's this like tragedy mm-hmm. that happens that affected the nation of Israel, but also affected Isaiah really deeply. It says, mm-hmm. I see the Lord seated on the throne. So, mm-hmm. so there's this looking to God, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm completely out of control and I need, right. to, I need to look to you right now in this moment. But what happens is before God points him out, he, he points him in. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you're yep. saying, right? There's yeah. no way, Isaiah, that you're going to be able to help other people in this situation if you don't first understand because trauma can cause this disorientation of mm-hmm. our view of God, of our view of ourselves and our view of the world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the and God helps us with this kind of work that you're talking about. He helps mm-hmm. us to, to, to get a right-sized perspective of who he is, mm-hmm. who we are in light of who he is and, and what the world mm-hmm is now too. And so now we're not creating these falsehoods around our own identity mm-hmm. or around what, how we experience the world or who God is, mm-hmm. but we can begin to see things right. And I think that's so important thing. That's, it's amazing to underscore that. You've mm-hmm. got to do mm-hmm. your own deep work first. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. Baby, this is so important because Jesus loves you so much mm. That he's not worried about you serving him or killing it for the kingdom. It's that's all just nonsense. Right. Right. What he cares about first and foremost, you're his daughter and his that's son. Right. He wants to tend to you. You're laid out on the street mm. and you've been run over and beat down. He's he is the good Samaritan. He is coming <laughs> to tend to your wounds, to care for you. Look at Elijah, who's like, I just want to die. You've killed all the prophet, yeah. prophets and I'm alone. And what does he do? He doesn't say, come on, get up, keep doing ministry. He goes, he gives them cake and lets them sleep <laughs> by the waters. Like, I just don't, I, where the enemy has left us ravaged yeah. and not understanding who I are. That's where the Holy Spirit, where Jesus picks up and he, he picks you up and he tends to you and he goes, hey, if you never mm. want to do anything, it is okay. I just want you here. It's the prodigal coming back to the father that's like, I, 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 I'm just glad you're home. Mm. Let's throw a party for you. I'm not worried about you killing it for me. Wow. I'm worried about who has killed you. Mm. And I want to tend to you. I am a good shepherd. Mm. And so I, I just think we just need to, we need to start evaluating in honesty how we actually see God Mm. And whose voice is that really? And have we read scriptures through the grid of our pain rather than the truth of who God says he is? And what would it look like for you to have a good nurturing mother? Mm. What would it look like for you to have a kind and tender father? And if that is fully encompassing who God is, then what would a good mother and a good father do to their child who is wounded on the road? they would tend, they would nurse, they wow. would care, they would bind up their wounds. And that is where we need to start because then you will inevitably do that for others. Mm, mm, so good. Okay, so um, I was having a conversation the other day with one of our certified coaches and she said this, that it made me go, wow, that is a profound statement. I had not thought about that, but that's that's very much one of the reasons why we do what we're doing. And I'm sure there's a lot also that applies to you. So here's what she Mm -hmm. said. She said, when we, when we found ourselves in our story, in our 
heartache or situation. I don't want to like be too specific because I don't want to put her on the spot. Sure. But when we found ourselves sure. in, in the midst of this valley, we felt like we had to go outside of the church to get healing. Mm-hmm. And um, now I'm, you know, one of the things I, I love that I get to do is I get to go and be a part of so many, so many different church yeah. bodies, so many different congregations, sit at tables with pastors. I'm doing a pastor's conference next week. Mm-hmm. But I have found that to be true. And and we're mm-hmm. trying to get that that to be not true, that the healing mm-hmm. conversations are happening in the church. I'm curious about mm-hmm. your own sentiment toward that. How, yeah. you, know, you grew up in the church. Is that mm-hmm. something that you found to be true as well? It's like, well, it feels like we have to kind of go outside of the local church to do this. And and how what would you say if you're sitting in a group of, let's just say you're you're sitting at a, a with in front of a group of pastors, like you're a truth teller, Carrie. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them when it comes to what you do and how that should and could be integrated into the local church? You can't take anyone farther than you're willing to go yourself or what's been offered to you. You said it, David, you said it a few minutes ago. I sat in a place for three weeks and it was the first time my story had ever been tended to. Shame on us mm. for what we have done to pastors and how we have partnered with the enemy to follow exactly what happened in the garden to create isolation in ivory towers, expectation of them to be our savior and inevitably creating such chaos in their own hearts. It is an, I believe it's an epidemic. I think it's strategic on the hand of the enemy. It's why one of the freedom academies we offer once a year in January is anyone who's a pastor come free and another a church sponsored it mm. and said, we will pay for any pastor that wants to come for free. Wow. And it's a, you know, that's not cheap yeah. and their yeah. wife, pastor <sighs> and their wife. And wow. what I would say, well, if I had a group of pastors in a circle with me, I'd be doing story work with them. But <laughs> if it was just more of like a, a talk, um, yeah. I would, I would say, mm. aren't you tired of talking about something that has not had the ability to actually tend to your heart, that Mm. it's all in theory. And that theory is keeping you from the intimacy with God and the, the, the quiet sacred places with God where he wants to do deep healing. And it's not, some of it is our own choice, right? We choose that. But I had a pastor say, I really want to come. And this is a large church. I speak mostly at, you know, fairly large churches. So I know budgets. I've been on staff. I'm on staff right now. I'm a pastor at my church right now. Uh, I know what there's budget for. And he said, I really want to come. Mind you, this is a free ticket. There's not enough budget for a flight or hotel. And I know a speaker they had come to this church who is very expensive speaker. Right. So we would care more about a Sunday, a one day over everyday experience than we would for an everyday tending to experience where the one day, and we have now made Jesus a value add to our American dream. And I think that's where, um, I don't think it's going to be last. I don't think it's going to last that long. I think we are going to see the end of the mega church kind of era because of the next generation that's coming up. But I have not met a pastor yet since COVID. Not yet. I've met with a lot of pastors that haven't said, I am underwater. Mm-hmm. I, the weight of what COVID had did, because they were damned yep. if they did, they were damned if they didn't. Yep. No matter, there was no winning. 
and they are effectively feeling the trauma, but right. everyone has the expectation, not everyone, but a lot of people have the expectation to go back to what was. And so there's this requirement for them to deny their body, wow. to deny their experience, and to keep killing it for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. All the while, we're killing them in the process. And that's yeah. why we have an epidemic of suicide on our hands and mm-hmm. pastor marital affairs. Because when you isolate someone, the enemy can say whatever he wants and he plays on mm. the heartache of your story. And it plays out in ways where it keeps you isolated and oh. then ultimately damaged. So it's not, I don't have a, I don't want to silver line it because I think there's a reality that we are responsible as a congregation to set up places for our people that lead us to keep them not accountable in like, you're Mm. bad, but in saying, when was the last time you took a sabbatical? When was, what is our budget for health and healing for our pastor? Mm. Uh, Is there budget set aside for them to go to trainings like nothing is wasted doing or freedom movement where in the budget is that why is our pastor preaching every single Sunday and why do we not have Mm. other voices on the stage why has this become a um a glorified platform to raise one human the human heart can't take that kind of fame or pressure so it's really on us um rather than it is on because humans especially threes and eights on the Enneagram, which is predominantly who <laughs> leads churches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll lead from that place to yeah. please um, mm. are responsible for their death. Wow. Wow, man. Those are t- tough words, but true. And, uh, <laughs> and no, I'm uh, serious. And, and you're, you know, you're shining a whole lot of light in some spaces that light's not been shown. And so thank you, Mm -hmm. Carrie, for for doing that. Mm. Um, Carrie, it's been awesome. I mean, geez, I just looked down the time like this has just flown by. Uh, No. By the time people are watching and listening to this, we will have already done the masterclass that you're teaching because that's actually happening tonight. I'm so, so excited. I can't say, hey, join us live. But what I can say is make sure that you go back on our Community Plus platform and you get access to this masterclass that Carrie's going to be teaching tonight. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining me on this conversation, Carrie. This is awesome. How yeah. can folks follow along, get in touch with you, go to one of these freedom uh, trainings, freedom, it's called, what, what are the retreats called you said? Or the, tra- the freedom, freedom Academy is the freedom first Academy. place to start. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How yeah. can we tune in? How, how can we find out more yeah. about what you're doing? Uh, you can either follow Carrie Scott Garcia on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow freedom underscore movement on both of those platforms. And if you're like, man, I'm not really sure about diving into this three days, like this whole thing. I'm not sure about that. You can get my, my new book that's coming out. You can pre-order that. It's called free and fully alive, reclaiming the story of who you were created to be. And it really is a, is a book kind of outlining and defining a lot of what we talked about, but there's, yeah. there's literally charts in there. It's going to help you with the formula. It's taking Freedom Academy the three day and I put it into a book form. So if you're just like, I'm curious about this, but I'm not ready to dive in. Hey, 18 bucks is a good, good yeah. to dive in and just, and you can get that on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, anywhere books are sold. Uh, and yet you can I would get, say you can get that book. everybody needs to get the book. And they need to go through Freedom Academy because there's something about being in person. I mean, I'm telling you, I've experienced it firsthand and we did three weeks of it. Talk about Mm -hmm. a major Mm -hmm. financial investment, but it was so worth Mm -hmm. it. And I would not be Mm -hmm. doing what I'm doing right now to the effectiveness that we as a family are doing it without that time. So if you're listening, I mean, please 
jump into one of these Freedom Academies, go and attend mm-hmm. this, get connected with Carrie. Um, Carrie, thanks so much for spending time with us. It's been awesome. Baby, it was glorious. You're you're a like-hearted brother. It was fun. I I feel like a I feel like a what do they say like a repeating record or what a record on repeat whatever that is because every time I'm like that was so good but they are we just have- I think the phrase is broken record <laughs> Aubrey and I would not say you're broken by any means <laughs> I just redeemed that by calling myself I'm a repeat I'm a record a repeating, repeat I'm uh, a repeating record all of our all of our conversations are so powerful and this was yeah. another one yep love love yeah. her love Carrie Garcia and uh, her talking about finding the truth in our stories and acknowledging that as part of the healing process, just such, such good content she's giving us. Well, what she really took is this and what she, I mean, and this is what I know Dan Allender has really helped with a lot of these folks that we've talked to, you know, um, uh, we had the conversation with Adam Young, uh, several months back and Adam Young comes out of Dan Allender Institute as well. And so they, they all really major on this idea of story work Mm. and it's such Mm. an important work to be able to step back away from your story and gain distance mm. in the story. You know, we um, uh, we we teach a, a, like a live Zoom call. I teach one every other week that um, nothingiswaste.com slash start here. And it's basically like, you know, five steps to taking back your story no matter what yeah. you've gone through. And in that, one of the things I do is I introduce people to my writing coach, mm. uh, Allie Fallon, who Allie has been on the podcast Yeah, before. she's awesome. But Allie, in that process of being a writing coach for me, she was my best therapist. Mm, totally. <laughs> and she had no idea. But the reason is because she taught me the 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 beauty of story work yeah. and, and story framework. And what she mm. said was this, and I think this is pivotal to, to what Carrie's talking about. She said, Davey, you've got to become an observer of your story. That's it not an object in your story. Whoa. Because if you're if you remain as an object in your story, mm-hmm. you now you you've been robbed of your agency. I was you literally just thinking if that's a matter of agency and dignity. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But if you are an observer of your story mm-hmm. and you see that it follows a similar pattern mm-hmm. to the greatest writer there is of all of history. Amen. God, <laughs> yeah. Right? That when he when you see his redemptive stories and then you kind of run your story through that grid, mm-hmm. you're able to ask questions like, what would a godly, heroic character do in this particular situation? Mm. And when you've gained distance enough, yeah. step back from it, you're able to go, oh, okay, this is what. Yeah. I, so now you're not in the weeds yeah. of the, the emotions of your story. You're going, okay, you can be a little bit more sober-minded. Mm-hmm. Have some perspective and, on it. Exactly mm-hmm. right, right? It's that 30,000 yeah. foot view. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it, it gives a nod to what Viktor Frankl said in Man's Search for Meaning. He said, he said that in between stimulus and response, mm. there has to be space. Yeah, yeah. And if you, the more space that you can gain, the better your response is going to be. I do think this is why in writing, and I'm sure I've talked about this on Nothing Is Wasted, but in writing or just exploring before the Lord, it's so helpful to have tools like creating a timeline of your life where you literally are storing your life out. Meaning you're like from birth to today, 
what are the what were the big moments, big uh, positive and negative right. turning points? Other yep. people call Absolutely. it life changing moments that where yeah, positive or negative, positive or negative, and to like chart those out and then step back and see. What are the patterns here? What are the themes? Yeah. What are the timelines? Where do things make sense? Where, why in this season was it so this way? And you just begin to see the story that God is writing. And then there's always, always, always some invitation invitation That's where it. God is like, I want to bring you more healing from this part. I want to show mm. you where I was here at this part. I want to, and as a, again, whether you're writing a story, telling a story, or you're doing it for your own work, yep. Yep. um, I do think you see what you're saying, Davey, that like nothing is happening by accident, that God is writing a bigger and better story over your life and that you can get involved in it. You can respond to it. You can move in the way that God wants you to move and respond in the way and pour out into other people because of what God has done in your life. And, but it it takes space and time and perspective to do those things, to do that work. One of the, one of the reasons I know this is because when I hear other people tell their story, I mean, gosh, we've had 200 and, 70, 80 yeah. some episodes of the Nothing Is Wasted yeah. podcast. We're, we're listening to a lot of stories mm-hmm. here. And when I'm interviewing somebody, I will I will consciously go, and I didn't at the first, I, at first I didn't know to do this, but but the more that I saw this, it's like they started popping out to me. I would I will consciously, consciously go, what themes am I seeing in this story? Hmm. Hmm. What threads that are like seem to be pervasive through this yeah. whole story? Yeah. Almost where it's like, how would I title this chapter? Mm. Or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes. Where it's like, oh my gosh, you see the same kind of thread through mm-hmm. everything they're saying right now. And what's interesting is there have been times in a conversation, I know you've done this before as well. And if you're watching or listening to this, if you're like really intuitive enough, you'll you'll catch these things. I'll point that theme out to yeah. the person that we're interviewing. Yeah, I've heard you do that. Mm-hmm. And there are times where the person didn't even realize yeah. it, that that was a theme yeah. in their story. But that's the practice of, and that's what we want to encourage people is in your own story, find those themes and threads so that you're the one telling other people those themes in your story. Yeah, yeah. And I that's think- That's what encourages people. There was something so beautiful. There's something so beautiful about that too, Davey, is like, as people are coming to you with their story and you're even pointing out those themes they may not recognize, like that's- that's the body of Christ, right? That's like right. we can do that for one another as we listen, right. as we listen to the Spirit of God, as we pay attention and we point things out to people. Like all of that is like people may, may not realize, like that's you ministering to somebody. That's exactly right. And we right. can, listeners, you can do that in somebody else's life too. Yep, that's exactly right. And um, and and that's the beauty of what we talk about all the time, Revelation 12, right? Mm. That's, that's how we overcome. That's right. You know, yeah. it's by the blood of the lamb, yeah. the, the word of our testimony. Yeah. And so yeah. there is a level at which we need to understand and know how to give our testimony or our story. Mm-hmm. We, we need to know how to tell it. And, um, and that way it does encourage somebody. And it's not one of those things where they're just like, I'm, I'm not following at all yeah. what you're talking, right? Yeah. And so you can tell someone who has done the work of gaining some distance and, and they tell their story and you're like, oh, wow. And you're taking me through this journey of what the Lord is doing. Mm-hmm. And then other people who haven't done enough to process yeah. to go, okay, here's this season, here's this season, here's this yeah. season, and here are these threads through the whole thing. So probably, Aubrey, why, is there, I mean, there you taught a masterclass mm-hmm. on this at one point. Yeah. And nothing is wasted. We have this in the content library. Yep. Um, are there some things, some pra- like what is, if someone's like, okay, I want to dive into this. Mm. 
like I want to start doing some some story work yeah. or maybe not to the level of like what, you know, going to a Dan Allen or thing, whatever, yeah. or like doing Carrie Garcia stuff. Yeah. But like, I just want to start mapping my story. Yeah. What what should I yeah, do? Yeah, I, I, I literally think that's what you do is you map it. Like you, you people probably heard me say this before, but for new listeners or those of you who haven't, I mean, li- and I mean like literally take a long piece of paper, take, tape some yeah. pieces of paper together and make a long piece of yeah. paper and draw a timeline on it. And on one side, birth, on one side, present. And just without judging yourself, without shaming yourself, without questioning, assume God's posture towards you is love and goodness. Just begin so to jot down everything that that feel. I mean, it doesn't even have to be major. It could be like, I moved when I was five. Jot that down. Mm. Or maybe it is major. I got married. I lost this job. My dad was diagnosed with cancer. Like, Yep. And then the, I I fell I fell in love. I got my dream yeah. skateboard that I wanted as a teenager, and that gave me you know all those things that feel maybe insignificant or significant. I just jot them all down. Yeah. And then what I think is really helpful as a next step is to to like we were talking about note themes. Take a take some colored pencils and like a theme. You might outline a bunch of things in blue that seems similar. You might outline a bunch yeah. of things in yellow that seems similar. You might, and then like Davy said, I actually think you'll see phases in your life. Bobby Clinton talks about this in his work, Making right. of a Leader, that you can actually give a title to. This was yep. the season where God was hiding me because yeah. he was preparing me. I have, as I look at my own timeline, I have a lot of seasons that I call pregnant. Sometimes I was actually pregnant with babies. Mm. Sometimes I was pregnant with an idea. Sometimes I was pregnant with pain. But I can, I've only learned that because I've done this work myself and and see so what good. God was birthing each season. Wow. And then I think you also like the a next layer would be to invite the Holy Spirit. Like, are there some blocks, barriers, wounds, hurts in any mm. of these places, Lord, that you want to remove or you want to heal wow. or you want to draw attention to or you want to just do something and like note what stands out to you and assume again that that's God coming towards you with love. And that's the Holy Spirit saying, Hey, we didn't deal with yeah. that, that embarrassing thing that happened yeah. in the cafeteria and you were 10. Yeah, let's find freedom. And I want to tend to that. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. some of that, that's when it means to do story work with the Holy Spirit. And if you've got a trusted person in your life, like I do this with women that I mentor then that yeah. person can look at your timeline and make some connections you might not have seen. And it's just a neat, it's just a neat way. Again, I keep saying this, but like, I just think God is always in the uh, in the business of reintroducing Himself to us and reintroducing right. ourselves to ourselves that's the right. way He sees us. And that's a way to access what God is inviting us into. Yeah, yeah. You will. I love that you said assume that God. Uh, take the posture of assuming that God loves yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Some people don't feel like mm-hmm. that right now. They're, they're, they look at their story and they're like, "It doesn't. My story is not a right. testimony the right. fact that God loves right. me, that I'm a child of God." Right. Assume that. Yeah. Okay. What would what could be happening right here if God loves you? Yeah, that's good. Right, and uh, it's a beautiful thing, and you're going to notice patterns. Um, for me, mine works in patterns a mm-hmm. lot, just like what you're saying. You know, there was there's a very clear pattern in 2000 November 11th, 2011 is the day that Amanda and I moved, like took a moving van up from South Carolina to Indianapolis, November 11th, 2011. November 11th, 2015 is the day on her tombstone. Wow, Davey. Went to heaven. Yeah. Four, four years to the day. Right? And that's not a coincidence. Right? So, not a coincidence mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord. And the yes. Lord is telling me, I'm in your story. I'm in your story. Yeah. Most recently, yeah. okay. In 1998, December of 1998, I went to my very first 
Wesleyan Youth Conference. Awesome. Right? Wesleyan Youth Convention, right? It was the, their very first big like awesome. conference convention yeah. I went to. It was like a middle school or, you know, or something <laughs> like that. I don't remember what I was in, what grade I was in. Five years later, 2003, Charlotte, 2003, December, the Lord calls me to ministry. Mm-mm. Okay. So totally changed change the direction of my life. Okay. Mm. 20 years later, Okay, December of 2023. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah. No, but it's significant because there is a Wesleyan Youth Convention in Cincinnati. Come on. And, they, and I, they've invited me to come and speak at that. <laughs> 20 years after the Lord calls Amen. me to ministry. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so those are the things that like, yeah. you go, man, yeah. God. Yeah. Like these are, yeah. when, you, when you look at your story from a distance, mm. you're gonna feel the arms of yeah, a Heavenly are. Father wrap around you. You absolutely And will. go, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm for you. I've got good plans mm-hmm. for you. It's not gonna happen as fast as no, you might think it is. Not. You might feel that I'm a million miles away sometimes, yeah. but I promise you I'm right here and yeah. I'm in your story. Yeah. And that's the beauty of story work. Amen. So, mm. Amen. Well, Come on, obviously Lord. these are things Davey and I are passionate about. Our whole team, our whole community at Nothing Is Wasted is passionate about partnering with you to partner with God to take back your story and find where yeah. God is at work in your story. We would love to invite you to check out the community platform and the community plus platform at nothingiswasted.com slash community. It's where we um, have, you know, just resources, material, good, rich things for you to do the work that we're talking about here side by side with the Lord. Davey, we're almost wrapping up with a Give Hope campaign. Why don't you give another like big shout out to it for our listeners? Yeah. Nothingiswasted.com slash give hope. You know, if you didn't listen to a couple episodes ago, Ken Roberts and I for two episodes, it was Brandy Wilson's and Christine Kane. Uh, which that was a fun tag team, Aubrey. My goodness, me and Ken doing intro and outros for you interviewing I Christine love Chris. Kane. Yeah, that was, fun. that was so fun. Um, but we talk a lot about like where we're moving as a ministry, where we're going, the things that God is yeah. putting in front of yeah. us as opportunities. And so we're we're in a bridge season, right? If we're going to put a title to this, it's like we've, we're bridging to the opportunities that God is putting in front of us. We're building infrastructure right now to be able to serve the churches and the people that. God is giving us the opportunity to. And so we are looking for 200 people who would say, hey, I'll give to Nothing Is Wasted Ministries at at least a $20 a month level, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's a tax-deductible um, gift, by the way. Tax-deductible mm-hmm. gift. You can go to nothingiswasted.com slash hope, and you can, you know, we've got there some stories of people who have been impacted by the ministry. If you've been impacted by the ministry, we want to ask you if you would partner with us in this way. As a part of this, you receive access as you're giving right? As long as your recurring gift is still going, you receive access to all of our Community Plus content. Yeah. So, you know, you could give that access to somebody else if you want. If you're like, hey, I'm not going to use it. I'm not really like, right. give it to somebody I'll in your life it. who is, mm-hmm. that's exactly right, who is uh, who is going through something difficult. Um, but but we are, we are really excited about what God is doing in our ministry. And we want to invite you to come along in the process. As a part of that, we're going to, we're going to be very intentional in this next season. I am personally to be sending out uh, like like a newsletter, like updates nice. to folks who are giving. Yeah, that's cool. Who would be donors. So you can see kind of where we're going, what's happening that. with the ministry uh, because, because you are coming alongside of us and partnering with us as we're helping people partner with God to take back their story. So nothingiswasted.com slash 
Give Hope. We want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing all the music for the Nothing is Wasted podcast. You can download or stream his music anywhere music can be downloaded and streamed. Yep. Make sure you follow us at Nothing is Wasted Ministries on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at Davey Blackburn. You can follow Aubrey at Obsamp. And um, next week, Man, we have... Next week, can I say next week? Because yes, I am so excited. Please do, because this is a friend of this yours. This is a friend of mine who I, I'm a little jealous that I didn't get to do the interview with her. <laughs> but Tasha June, she's a Korean-American writer. Yeah. The thing about Tasha is, oh man, she's just a beautiful writer and a beautiful soul. Yeah. And so yeah. she talks a lot about belonging and hope mm-hmm. and... I think every single one of our listeners are going to fall in love with her and, yeah. and, um, she, you know, just want to want to hear her wisdom, but also like her heart for Jesus is so, so, so beautiful. So let's go ahead and take a listen to part of Davy's conversation with Tasha June. So more recently and, and throughout the pandemic, I have started gathering a group of Asian American women. Um, mm. That was kind of out of desperation of just feeling like with my kids, when I had my kids, like I need other Asian moms like um, around my kids. Like not that, wow. that other women couldn't. I had a, a plethora of others and they're wonderful, but I really felt this need. Like how do I how do I pass on what I have to my kids? And I had no one. So, wow. um, so I started gathering these women and I found that um, we met outside once and we just had a time of lament. Um, we were all feeling pains about, you know, different things. Some of our kids had, you know, had been spit on, um, called names like um, chink, even though they're not Chinese and not that it would be okay if they were, but just, you know, because of what was going on with COVID. Um, and a lot, of, we're all like from like seven different churches in the greater Indianapolis area and, we were just going through a lot of pain and we felt really alone in it because um, it, it's like we couldn't bring it up because people would say we were being political or just yeah, didn't well. even, people didn't even know that this was, this was happening. Um, and so we had a time of lament and just kind of expressed our pain. And so that was verbal, but it was so necessary like mm. to do that together in community, to have a space where we were just open with our grief and um, and it was okay, you know, and no one was going to tidy it up or like say, you know, everything happens for a reason or, you know, yeah. Like, you know, we could just sit in it and be together. Um, and I, that was also just another moment of like, okay, this is a, a moment of shalom, a, mm. a step towards wholeness um, for all of us. And this is like, this is church. Church.